Welcome to the Holistic Health Podcast. I'm your host, Susan Scollin, and each week I interview everyday people who have transformed their health and the amazing souls supporting them on their journey. Be inspired. Welcome, Jason. It's great to have you here on my Holistic Health Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So for everybody, Jason is a business coach and owner of Missing Peace Analytics. He supports uh, or works with small to medium business businesses, helping them solve business problems with data so that they can move from confusion to clarity and grow their business. Sounds like something we all need in our life, Jace. It is handy, especially if you own a business and you want to you know, help people and be of service, then yes. Yeah, but I think it also moves beyond business, doesn't it? It can, you know, even in your personal life, it's good to know the data around what's yes. happening. And, and yes, I, ha- I haven't found I haven't found one person who doesn't have a crossover between their business and their personal life. So, yeah. yes, it can help. It can be multifaceted and multi beneficial. Yes, totally. And I guess you've found that in your own life as well through your health and wellness journey. Uh, yes, I used data to solve a lot of my own. Uh, issues in both the health space and just life in general. So, yeah. and I found that that was that translated well to business. So, yeah, totally. And I I love how you've influenced my life and brought data back into my life as opposed to what it was before that I was going no no I don't need to pay attention to that and Jason's saying no no Suze have a look at this. Yes yes I'm very happy that I've managed to get a, a certain amount of that mix back into your life Suze because I think it's important. Has been. And, I would, and I would argue that you've equally moved the needle for me at the other end of the spectrum. So. True. It's a good balancing act, right? It is a good balancing act. Yes. yes. So tell me what life looks like for Jace right now before we dive into your, your backstory. What, does, what is life like from a health and wellness perspective with you right um, now? Life is pretty good. Um, it's probably the best it's been in my life, I would say. Um, it might have been better when I was a teenager or younger, but I don't really remember that. So I'm going to say now is the time. Uh, I don't have any real limitations on what I can and can't do other than the environment that we're currently in. Um, and, you know, so there's not any real limits to what I can do and I'm kind of in control maybe for the first time in my life. So that's nice. Mm, makes a big change, doesn't it? does make a big change, yes. It's been a long time coming. So. And to the point that you've got a couple of things to look forward to, albeit COVID sort of getting in the way at the moment, but you've got the Taria Pit Walk, the Lara Pinch Trail, which will be amazing yep. here, and a fundraising walk as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so she raises funds for um, people who need to have surgeries that can't otherwise afford it sort of from other countries usually, so... So, yes, um, we got moved from September till April and hopefully, fingers crossed, it can occur in April. Um, And, yeah, we'll see how we go. It'll happen at some point. Yeah, be pretty amazing. So tell tell me where your journey started. Like when you look back, what do you think was your kind of start point um, to your health and wellness journey? You know, like effectively there were probably some signs way back when. When did that start kicking off for you? Uh, So I would say that I started probably when I was about 16. Mm-hmm. Um, I got some sort of mystery illness that um, got me time off school and I ri- originally thought that was just a good excuse to get a time off school so I never really enjoyed school and um, it turned out that that took a long time to resolve probably three months eventually they sort of had some theory about what it was um, it kind of went away ish and 
I sort of, that was the start of my autoimmune related issues, as far as I could tell. Mm-hmm. Um, moved through my teenage years with a skin condition, um, and that kind of got more and more severe as time went on. And then transitioned across from skin issue to a sort of related uh, intestine sort of issue. Um, and yeah, that took me that took me through quite a journey in my twenties and thirties, um, and mainly resolved now through surgeries and medications and other bits and pieces. Um, so I would say I was post those issues probably 2013, 2014, Mm -hmm. Um, and then started towards where I am today, which the tip of the iceberg is today, and uh, and it's probably the last 12 months where where people would notice a difference. Yeah. So bring me back to, you know, like in your 20s and 30s, like I know that I was going out and I was playing sport and, you know, working. Was that a typical, you know, what was your typical life like back then? Uh, so my typical life was I was very stubborn, so nothing got in my way if I wanted it to, even if that was not for my own greater good. Um, so I usually found a way. Um, I usually hid most of it from most people. Mm-hmm. Um, I told myself that I was fine when usually I probably wasn't. And I kind of just bailed my way through my 20s, um, periods of remission, periods of good, like, so... Yeah, there were, there were definitely remission periods and then there were periods where it was quite intense. Mm-hmm. Um, and sort of uh, met my wife-to-be during that period. Um, still was working full-time, studying, doing, you know, all the crazy things that people like you and I do. Mm-hmm. And um, I kind of understand that now, but that's that's another conversation. Um, and, yeah, we sort of just battled through our 20s, um, Got married, you know, did the kid thing. So, one child. She's eleven now, so we did that. And during those various periods, my health fluctuated from okay to terrible to not so bad, and everything in between. Mm. And yeah, it wasn't until it kind of got to a critical point um, that it kind of enough was enough, and and we were kind of done on that part of the journey and we had to transition to the next part and I kind of didn't get to choose that at some point, I guess, or it shows me maybe. Yeah. So. Yep. And what were they, are you able to share with us, you know, like when you say things got terrible, what were, what did, what did a day look like for you? Could you not get out of bed? Uh, so typical days got to mainly because my um, large intestine kind of issues, um, which they call, um, Crohn's disease usually, or ulcerative colitis, depending on which medicine you have. Um, multiple trips to the bathroom, multiple times that you couldn't go outside the house, that you couldn't kind of travel anywhere. Um, so think irritable bowel kind of on steroids, and that's kind of what my life was like through my 20s and 30s. Uh, and, and sort of just working out how to cope through that, how to still go to work. Uh, like I had a corporate career, so it was like I was still working, you know, crazy hours and mm-hmm. and no one was necessarily the wiser because I chose not to tell anybody. Um, I wouldn't recommend that, but 
and I think a lot of people go through that process where they think that it's better not to not to share. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I I didn't share, and therefore people didn't make any accommodations for me, and I never wanted any accommodations made for me because I wanted to do things on my own terms and not feel like people were giving me charity in any way. So I chose the hard path and I got the hard path, I guess. <laughs> and um, so. It definitely makes it harder when you're doing it by yourself, right? Yeah, I mean, I had the support of my immediate family but um, and I probably even didn't share a lot of that with them more than I had to. Um, call that male pride, call that what you want to call it, call it being young and stupid, and any of those things. I'd probably take all of those boxes. Some independence in there too, I'm sure. Uh, some stubbornness, yes, and some independence, yes, um, and finding myself, that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. And knowing that it was your journey that you had to go on, like you, nobody else could do it for you, and at some point you kind of went, I've got to figure this out. Yes, and I thought that I only could figure it out by myself. Yeah. In a vacuum. Yeah. So. But then you went to an event? Ah, yes. So post-surgery, everything kind of in theory okay, adjusting to the new, like, I don't have a large intestine anymore, so that's never going to come back, so there's some function things there. But, yeah, post-surgery, and I went to an event that was at my uh, university, so I'd done a computer science degree back in the day, and I thought, oh, there's this talk by Todd Sampson, and I thought this guy sounds like he knows what he's talking about. So I should go to said event, and I kind of stumbled across it randomly, or meant to be, whichever version you want to go with. And, yeah, I turned. I didn't really want to go, and I'd been at home feeling sorry for myself for a bit, and my wife said, just get out of the house and go. And I was like, oh, you know, it's a nice day for a drive, so I'll drive there and come home. And he, I kind of got the first light bulb moment of my life when he sort of said, he had this quote and it was, uh, it was, creativity is just being braver than anybody else for five more minutes. Mm-hmm. Something, I'm paraphrasing, but it was something like that. And I was like, oh, yeah, wow, okay. Maybe if I just try things and I'm brave and I try, you know, then maybe I'll succeed where other people don't. And I don't know why it took me until that point to discover that thought, but it came at the right time for me. And it became a bit of a mantra, even though I wasn't really into those kind of things at that point. Um, And I just kept reinforcing that. And every time I got to a decision point where I was like, what should I, should I, shouldn't do this thing? I was like, okay, what's the brave, just do it for five more minute version and went with that. Yeah. Here we are today. Here we are today. And like you said, this year has been pretty transformative for you. Yes. The Todd Sampson thing happened, what, six years ago or the surgery was six years ago? Uh, So this last surgery was about 2014. The Todd Sampson thing was probably 2016. Yeah. And so that kicked you into a a bit of a learning journey. Yes. Yes. And that kind of got me to Terea Pitt. Um, because I kind of stumbled across her stuff and I was looking for a program and she has this um, School of Champion thing. And I kind of like, that was the first time I spent money on myself um, in my life. That wasn't just like buying a TV or something. It was like, I'm going to invest in my own knowledge. And it was a reasonably low price point in comparison to what I spend now on those kind of education pieces, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Yeah. And 
Um, she just had this step seven step program, and I was like, okay, how bad? Like, I'll just try it. How bad can it be? I'll just. And so yeah, I did that, and that kind of kick started. That was sort of seven, seventeen, eighteen, I guess. And then yeah, I transformed from there, I guess. And what did you learn through Therese's seven-step program? What were some of the takeouts for you? I guess mainly it was around mindset because most of her stuff is around mindset. And if you don't know her backstory, she kind of got burnt in some pretty serious fires while she was ultramarathoning in the middle of Australia. And, yeah, I kind of like, okay, if she can work out how to get over that, then maybe I can work out how to get over my stuff. Because So there was a... A shared experience, even though mine was different to hers, it was like she had a traumatic event and she got over it yeah. and she made a peace with it. So, so yeah. And That's, she's had a baby in the last 12 months, hasn't she? So, given. That too, yeah. So, she just had a second one. So. That's amazing. She's yes. And being. So, really. Yeah. And she gets a lot of stuff done. And I've got to know her a little bit better through a few other programs that I've done. So, um, I'm kind of fanboying or fangirling when I get to meet her. I don't know what that's going to be like, but, um, yeah, I I said to her, I wrote something the other day and she responded to it. And it's like, that's always exciting when somebody who's like famous writes back to you. Yeah. And I said something to her and she said, oh, you're just trying to be like teacher's pet kind of thing. And I was like, wow, okay, maybe I need to back off my enthusiasm a little. So, like, no, no, you really, you really helped me with that. But, and she was like, yeah, okay. So she's very... She's very surf coast, middle of New South Wales, kind of very, very um, bogan by her own description. Yeah. She's so, very yeah. back, isn't she? Just yeah, yeah. worry about things too much. Very different to some of the people I've moved on to since in America, but, yeah. but yeah, it's a, a good counterpoint for me and, and, and I could see I, I have two versions of me. One is the bogan version, yeah. the Tirana driving, you know, <laughs> urban drinking earlier version of myself, and then there's a slightly more sophisticated version. Of course, and that's the one that I'm associated with, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'd like to think so, but I'm sure you get both. <laughs> so tell me about the last 12 months. What what are some of the big changes that you've made over that time? Uh, so I met I met my first coach um, and I didn't run away from having a coach. Tell mm. um, people. That would have been my natural tendency to run away from a coach because I was like, I can coach myself. I don't need somebody else to coach me. Because uh, I've, I've mentored people and, you know, and I've kind of been in business and I've, you know, had teams of 20 and 30. So, in theory, I was like, I know how to do all this stuff. I don't need a coach. Mm-hmm. And so, I met a coach and they were a leadership coach and I had a business that had no staff. And I was like, yeah, sure, let's talk to a coach that is about leadership. I was like, I'll lead myself and then see what happens. And, and then, coincidentally, just by chance, I met his coach. And I didn't know that. And I said to his coach, oh, yeah, I have a coach. And she was like, who's that? And I said who it was. And she was like, oh, yeah, I coach him. And I was like, oh, okay. And then she said, oh, and I might need to go to him so that she can, he can coach me through some stuff. And I was like, coaches need coaches. I was like, okay, so if I'm a coach, and I didn't know I was a coach at this point, then I can have a coach. So, yeah, so that was, that was the big awakening for me. And then it was more I can invest in myself and that will return multiple fold back to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always talk about the oxygen oxygen mask for yourself mm-hmm. before you can give it to others. Um, and so I started to apply that principle to myself for a change. 
Um, you would probably say that's self-care, self-love. I, call you call it. I, didn't, I didn't know you at that point, and yeah. I would have resisted those words, as you know. Yes. Um, I'm, now, I'm now fully on board the um, self-care, self-love train, but um, I wasn't. And, and so I kind of, yeah, I invested in myself, I guess, circa 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, as it turned out, just on the doors of COVID, Mm. And and I found a place that I didn't like. I I found my community or my tribe or whatever. Your home, your family. And I was like, oh, there are people like me, and they do. They don't think exactly like me, but they think along a similar line, Mm -hmm. and and they can stretch me in certain ways, and like maybe I can do the same for them. Mm. And yeah, that kind of. That kind of got me through until about three months ago, I guess. Um, and then I thought I need to sort out some stuff in my life. And I decided that um, the biggest limit was me on myself. So I got some coaching. Um, you're obviously one of them <laughs> that I added to the mix um, through something that we did together. And I reached out to a few people and I started to apply my own uh, data and analytics processes to myself, which I had avoided for a long time. I was, I was uh, skewing my own data, as we say in the industry. Yeah. And, and yeah, sort of, so yeah, I've changed. I've changed a lot of things in my life, particularly in the last three months. Yeah. So coming back to people like me, what does people like me, you know, when you found people like me, what, what do they look like? What, what, how would you describe them? Okay, so first I had to work out what holistic was. Um, but it sounded like a cool name. So I was like, holistic, that sounds inclusive. So let's go with that. Um, so health coaches. So I would say I probably have at least three health coaches now in mm-hmm. varying degrees mm-hmm. for various different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and so health coaches for me are people that have been on a similar journey, have a lived experience. I don't know if you can be a health coach if you haven't had a lived experience. Maybe you can. Maybe. Um, and I was like, if these people have worked out stuff in their own life, I'm pretty sure they can teach me mm-hmm. how to work it out in my life. And then uh, eventually allowing myself to follow a process that they've laid out for me rather than me trying to um, create my own path as such. Yep. Um, so let, 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 the, let the people who are good at what they do do what they do, just like I would expect them to do for me. Yeah. So. So it was like uh, relationship stuff. It was like um, food, exercise, nutrition, that kind of stuff. Uh, there was a – we slowly added a spiritual component in there, I guess. And your which, life at the moment, which is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, so I'm very much in that space at the moment, but I was very resistant to that. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, sort of exploring mindset and, and that kind of what, – what can I learn from – these experiences, what can I learn from these people? Yeah. Um, what do they know that I don't know that might be more efficient and effective, mm. which is what I talk about in my business. Mm. Um, maybe it's more effective and efficient to get it from somebody else than it is for me to do it myself. Yeah, yeah. and that, that is true. Like with in any journey, if you can um, go through it with people who have already done it or are on the journey effectively, but they're, you know, on the other, they're more advanced than you, then they will, yep. you will naturally be pulled through if yep. you be open to that. 
And that's one of the beauties of having a coach, whether it be a data analytics coach or like because, you know, you coach me on stuff and I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, Jason. <laughs> and you know, it's, a, it's the same. It's, it's coming back with that. We talk about it all the time, the beginner's mindset, or you remind me of it all the time. And so you yes. just come back to basics for me. What does that look like? How does it yes. or what? Yes. Yeah. What, 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 are, what are the chakras? Um, what, does the, what does that mean? Yeah. Um, what, is, what is meditation? Um, that kind of stuff and I was like in theory most people maybe females in particular have grown up understanding what that is Mm. Um, in my space and being male maybe I maybe I missed that that lecture maybe I never got it maybe it never existed so I don't think it existed at school I'm not sure that it ever did for any yeah I'm a product of the 90s and the 2000s and we didn't talk about our feelings ever so there you go and I'm I'm earlier than that so therefore same same of the same Yeah. Yes, I miss the seventies and eighties where we, you were allowed to be a bit more in touch with your feelings. I think. Yeah, but then you had to drown it out too. I think there was an element of that too, and then there was yeah. the sides of it. You know, you had to be the homemaker, and the man went out to work, and then you know, on the other side, there was the free love and you know, drugs and all the other things. So it was really yeah. um, either side of the scale. And I think we're you know, with the awakening that's happening at the moment, we're bringing it all back into the middle and going, okay, and especially the conversations that you and I have, it's around, well, what what works for you, not what works for me. It's it's what works for you right now or yeah. if it's me, then it's what works for me and this is my mix, you know. So coming back to that 40-60 rule, maybe I'm on the 60%, you know, intuition and 40% data, but you're on the 40, 60% data and 40% intuition and that's okay and having yeah. a difference is really important. So I'm glad that you even say 40% because I would have thought you started lower than that number. I would have thought, and I would have thought I started at the other end and it was higher than 60 <laughs> Yes, so, probably, you know, more than 90% data. But we're, we're, finding, we're finding the balance, yes, which I think is a very important principle and I know you use different words for that, but, yeah, for me it's finding that the right mix. Yeah, yeah, and I, you know, like I talk about the ebb and flow of life. So we've got balance, sure, but we've got this ebb and flow. So the tornado, effectively, we're sitting in the middle of the tornado and it's going around us um, and we can just be calm in that space. We don't have to be part of the tornado at at any point. We get to make those decisions, which is pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the big things that you achieved this year is a significant amount of weight loss. Are you able to share us with Yeah, so... I don't talk about it as the thing I was trying to achieve because I wasn't, but it is the most tangible thing for people. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to eat better and I wanted to feel better and I wanted to sort of sort out my autoimmune issues. And I thought, what are the factors to that that I can control now and influence? And so I kind of went on that journey and sort of went down the, you know, am, am I emotionally eating? Am I physically eating? And then what's my mindset around you know, food, exercise, mm. sleep, all those kind of things? Because I was doing all of them badly mm. um, as a coping mechanism, I think. Mm. I don't know which one caused what. I don't know if I caused it or if it caused me. Um, but I was like, they're the, they're the foundation, so I should I should build a solid foundation. And so I just got curious about those things. Mm. And so you and I had help. I had help getting curious about those things. Yeah, absolutely. But it also so sure there was a significant amount of weight loss, but there was also increased sleep, which has been a huge thing. Yeah, so so I probably lost fifteen to twenty kilos in weight. Um, <laughs> I've probably gone from four hours sleep a night to seven. Yeah. Um, I've gone from eating 
what I felt like when I felt like it to a fairly rigid eating thing that I actually choose to do, not that I'm forced to do. Um, and yeah, and the benefits that come with that sort of stuff are still are still being grown, I guess. Yeah, they're still evolving, but there's been some, you know, you can certainly see things where you didn't used to trust your body, like you didn't yes. to do things, and now you're kind of going, oh, I can go for that walk, or I could. Yes, and, and the trust, and the trust didn't get, like there was a physical component of trust, but there was also a mental and emotional yeah. uh, trust issue to to unpick. Yeah. Um, and I think everyone has an issue that is probably the main one, and, and trust was definitely the one for me. Yeah. Um, it just took me until my mid my mid forties to work that out, I guess. Well, when we're open to it, we get to a certain point. Yeah. I think our six, you know, like you and I have a very um, similar sort of mark. It was around six and a half years ago that the real kick came, that you kind yeah. of, we need to get moving and I need to find a way. Yes. Um, and, you know, someone else I was talking to the other day, they said, yeah, it started about six years ago. And I'm like, well, this is hilarious. You know, like it's, we're very yeah. common in terms of the growth we needed to do. And I wonder if that's like a early midlife crisis or whether that's uh... – she, she was younger than us, so it's all right. <laughs> she could have been having a quarter-life crisis then. Apparently that's the thing. So Maybe, maybe. Well, it's, you know, it's a, your sudden return that happens at 28 where you typically change everything in your life. Like it can really, yeah. Yeah. So for me that was 32, but that's because that's when our child came along. So um, when uh, if you've ever had a child, I guess, and you have obviously, that changes your world. Yes. And things become less about yourself and more about other things. Yes. Um, and that can be a good thing and a bad thing because you can get lost in that or you can find a purpose. So Yeah. But it's about finding a way. Well, my experience was making sure that I put myself first. You know, obviously a screening child and you need to feed you know, feed Teddy and do all the things, white bottoms yes. and things. That was all that's so important. But also carving out that time for myself was really yeah. Yeah, and what it was for me is I, I like to know that I understand something by teaching somebody else. It's mm. probably why I'm attracted to the coaching and the mentoring and, and all that sort of stuff because when I can explain it to somebody mm. in a way they can understand, then I know I understand it myself. And sometimes it's easier for me to get curious with other people's stuff than it is mine. And I think you would use the word mirror, <laughs> uh, which is a, is a new word to me. Um, but, yeah. Ask Susan about it if you want to work out what a mirror is. Yeah, yeah, and we're mirroring things. Yeah, it's very yeah. important. Yeah. And it's interesting. Yeah, when we yeah when we do. Anyway, that's a, that's another side of our life, right? That's a podcast in, in itself. Itself, exactly. So, tell me some of the big lessons. So, if we look at your life broadly, what were some of the big lessons that you've learned across that space? Uh, so, the big lessons are nothing is as bad as you think it is, or as possibly as good as you think it is. Um, there's some. It's usually somewhere in between, and you get to control how good or bad it feels to a certain degree. So your mind can uh, alter your reality, I guess. Um, sometimes it's pretty hard when you're riding the right in the middle of the storm, mm. um, but uh, you can definitely make a change that is for a benefit to you and others. Yeah, um, I've learned that it's. Better to, to think about what you can do than what you can't do. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always a way, you know, as, as Marie says, that everything is figureoutable. Yeah. Um, so uh, I genuinely believe that if you break down a problem enough, you can figure it out. Yeah. Um, and the rest is, the rest is mindset, behaviour, mm. attitude, whichever one of those 
resonates with you. Um, and that we're all, I guess, the other thing, I, that we're all here for a, a reason and, yes, we might teach the same things or we might do the same job or we might think that we're not much different to somebody else similar to us, but there's only one unique version of the story that we tell of ourselves. And there may or may not, you know, there might be hundreds of people that need to hear that story and there might be one. Yeah. And one is enough. Yeah. And that so, one could be you, right? It doesn't have yeah. to be outside of you. No, it can be you. I mean, or it can be one person or it can be a thousand people. Mm. Um, you might have a lot of it. You might help yourself a lot. You might help somebody else a little. Mm. You might help the masses a tiny bit. Mm. Um, but, yeah, and you may never know the influence that you've had on other people and they may never know the influence they've had on you. I'm pretty sure that Todd Sampson, even though I spoke to him once at that thing, yeah. wouldn't be thinking about me today, right? Um, kind of because I've stayed in her life, she will know of me and I've kind of inserted myself into her life so she will definitely know me. <laughs> um, but, yeah, she's had an influence in my life. I may have an influence on others that came from her influence on me. Yeah. So that's, that's a pretty cool thing. It is cool, isn't it? That circular notion. That kind of dominoes effect, I guess. Yeah, yeah. What comes in, we, you know, we it comes in, we give out, that kind of stuff, and it's just... Yeah, and so I'm, I'm big into the being of service thing, and that's a trendy word for 2020, the being of service thing. I'd never heard of that concept before. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of what I always felt, but there's a word that goes with it now, just like they never said that there was data science and now there's a word for it, and it's like... I always did that stuff, but now it has a cool, sexy title that people think is worth paying money for. So. Well, very true. But you echo that throughout all parts of your life. So, you know, not just in your home life, but also in your business life, in the yep. relationships that you have. Like even in the conversations that we have, you're very giving and open and, and how can I serve you? Like it's a, it's a serious question that you actually ask me quite regularly. Yes. Of you today? What can I do for you today? Yes. Yeah, and, and I think that's important um, that that you ask people because they won't necessarily volunteer it if you don't ask them and they might it might be on their mind and they might need you to help them find their voice, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, just like I possibly needed that for me. So it's like it, it's not hard to do. It's not hard to ask people how they are and actually care about the response. It's not hard to ask them uh, you know, what's going on in their life and how you can be of service to them. Yeah. And, and it's not hard to make, break down their barriers if you try hard enough and they're receptive enough. Mm. So not everyone's going to be, but there's there's certainly enough people that you can help yes. if they want to, and they can help you. Yes, yeah. It, it can be as simple as that. And that's my definition of holistic health, really. Mm-hmm. So, so I do that in my life with maybe without the health part necessarily, but it's the, definitely the holistic part. That's probably what resonated with me when we met. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the health thing was like, that was my currently prioritised number one thing. Mm-hmm. So as you know, we now have a list that's longer than one, but, <laughs> but, <That's> but, <laughs> but it was number one and now it doesn't need to be number one because it's kind of sorted. Yeah, it can tick along in the background a bit, and it can. It, it, there's a there's a more of a maintenance yeah. of that and an exploration of improvement, but it's like it's not the number one thing anymore for me. So yeah, and because which, which, you, which is a tribute to the process, right? Because otherwise, it would still be the number one thing because it was the number one thing for 
all of my life. So, yeah. yeah. So, so I shifted that pretty quickly. You did, and it was that commitment to yourself. And like you said, you changed the thought, that you changed beliefs around it that you could possibly do something. And then you went and experimented, and you went yes. try this, and then I'm going to try this and see what happens and see what's coming in the door to me, and I will, you know, implement that next change. Yeah, and, and, and accepting that failure is okay because I think, especially if you're growing up in the '90s and the 2000s, yeah. um, you were meant to hide any of your mistakes yeah. and not meant to show any of your vulnerabilities and that's possibly created the environment that we're in today. So I'm like, I'm all for sharing these days, um, even if that makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, thank you. That's awesome. Such a big story that you've had and such yes. a journey that you've been on. So I'm sure it'll be very inspiring for people, for everybody that's listening. So I'm keen to know into that um, self-love, self-care space, what is yes. the thing that you do for self-love? Uh, I use the word, so that's a good start. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. Hasn't it? Yeah, that has changed a bit. Um, I definitely walk. I definitely, like when I was allowed to drive, I would drive. Yeah, the, the Sunday drive thing, I was like, what's the point of that? Mm-hmm. Um, I worked out there was a point to that because that was time for myself to reflect. Uh, walking kind of does that for me. And COVID times, I've switched to bathing. Um, so there's a there's a nice relax in the bath. Um, yeah, I've explored essential oils through you that I would have never, kind of, you know, Smelling things is apparently a good idea. So that's a, that's a, a new sense that I never had. Um, and, and kind of just being present and mindful of being in the moment of things is probably something and taking time out, you know, for things like breathing. Mm. So I've never worked that out before and now I get a, at least a, a weekly reminder that I, you know, it might be time to breathe, it might be time to meditate, it might be time to do these things. So, yeah. So, um, it happens more than that now, but at least I was getting a once a week dose of it, and now I probably, you know, I, I self apply. Yep. Yeah. Well, they're five beautiful things. You've expanded our knowledge, which is awesome. Yes. <laughs> and they came fair. They came fairly intuitively. Susan. Oh, goodness, Jace, what's going yes. on? Yes. Awesome. So coming back to that acts of service, you know, like we just, you know, to in, in recognition of your time today and, and all the information that you've provided us and, you know, just your journey, what's one thing that we could do to give back to you? Uh, try some of the things that I've suggested worked for me. Mm-hmm. That's definitely something I would think of. Find people that can help you explore things. That's definitely a way that you can. Um, talk to Susan. That's clearly what you should do. Um, as far as for me, you know, if you have a business and or you have a life that you want to kind of organise in a similar way to a business uh, and you want to be able to work out uh, how to make better, deci- better decisions, um, you want to kind of question how you make decisions, how you stumble across things and not stumble across them, Mm-hmm. Um, and you want to find the mix, then then yeah, find me and we'll have a chat. Mm-hmm. It's pretty that's pretty simple for me. It's like I'm I'm not shy to have a chat as Susan will attest to these days. That's right. <laughs> I used to be quiet. I'm not really quiet anymore. So I'm only a Zoom call away. 
That's right. So how can people get in contact with you? What's the best way to do that? Right, so usually the best way at the moment is to get in contact with me is via LinkedIn. That tends to be where I hang, hang out the most. Um, I have drifted over to the world of Facebook and Instagram, so that's developing. Uh, but yeah, if you if you kind of uh, look for Jason Hoffman and you look for Missing Peace Analytics, uh, you will find me. Uh, and yeah, I kind of these days I offer just analytical services, and I also offer co- uh, coaching and membership. So, and because your membership goes live next month, probably the end of September is the is the target at this stage. So. Um, I have done a founding member launch uh, for anyone that's in the know. So we've kind of, you know, we're working out the kinks in all that process. And then there's a regular there's a regular membership where we kind of have a lower entry point and you kind of, I teach you how to teach yourself about these things um, rather than doing it for you. Yeah. And some of the things that we've been learning, you know, like just the sort of foundations of data, you know, um, Google Analytics you helped me set up with, you know, yeah even just tracking through Facebook and some of those social media platforms, but that's sort of yeah. work that you do in that space, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. So it, it's kind of like how do you – and, again, it all centres back to how do you make decisions. Mm-hmm. And, and my particular focus is business, but it translates mm-hmm. outside of business and, and it's kind of like questioning and getting curious about things is kind of what I feel data allows you to do in a systematic, organised sort of a way. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today and thank you for sharing your insights. They've been amazing. Anytime. Anytime for you. You're amazing. That's very kind. Um, and, yeah, we look forward to putting all um, your links, et cetera, into the show notes so that people can follow you, um, particularly via LinkedIn, and yep. what you're doing effectively because there's some amazing information that you provide and amazing service that you give to the world. So thank you for doing that. Thank you. Thank you for joining me on my Holistic Health Podcast. It's been great to have you and I have a few small favours to ask so we can spread the word about this podcast further and encourage others to dive into their health journeys. Firstly, head over to susanscollin.com and tell us what resonated with you. Secondly, subscribe and leave a five-star review. The next thing I'd really love you to do is to share this episode with someone you love and head over to my private Facebook group, Holistic Health with Susan Scollin, and continue to up-level your own health and wellness. Thank you so much for being here.